The Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, Tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to go into hell. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight and fruitful for our faith. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we continue to hear Jesus preach this great sermon, this Sermon on the Mount. We just get into the beginning of it in these Sundays of Epiphany. And if you thought you were doing pretty well when it comes to keeping the law and the commandments, how do you feel today, now? Were you listening? If you have contempt with a brother in your heart, or even, you know, that anger, anybody get angry today? You're a murderer. That's what Jesus said. Lust, you're an adulterer. Um, You thought you were okay bringing your offering to church today, and yes, I've done what I'm supposed to do. Oh, if you have anything against anybody else, go fix it first. Whoa! I left out some of Jesus' sermon just for length's sake. But if we were to kept reading, we'd have heard something about if somebody begs from you, you got to give to them. 
completely. Um, if you're, there isn't really divorce unless there's unchastity or, you know, immorality involved. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, you, well, we heard about cut, cutting out your eye if it caused you to sin and your hands if they caused you to sin. Um, we got a bunch of blind people here. I mean, what is Jesus up to again? And then he finishes it off by saying, you've heard it said that you should love your neighbor. Well, I tell you to love your enemies and even pray for them. Oh, boy. And then, you know, let's just finish it off. You must be perfect like God is perfect. Good luck with that. What's Jesus up to? Is he kind of trying to create something? Is he trying to shape us and mold us? Is this a construction zone and Jesus is, you know, chiseling away and building and doing that with this law, with this great, amazing new ethic, this radical way of living in the world? Is that what's happening? And, and if it is, how is it happening? I mean, it's my experience that when most people really dive into the fifth chapter of Matthew and into the beginning part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, that it's usually kind of crushing. I know people who look ahead who are divorced, who look ahead and see when this text is coming, they don't come because it's too much to bear. It's terrifying. It's crushing. How do we live with this? The church in the past has looked at this um, Sermon on the Mount. Well, that's for the special Christians. The people who truly have a call to holiness, i.e. the monks and the nuns, they're the ones who can sell their possessions. They're the ones that can give everything away. They're the, and so that's for the special Christians. That's not for the ordinary folks. I don't think Jesus said that, but that's one way to handle what he says. If someone, in fact, in Man of Bible Study uh, this week, um, as we were wrestling with this text, Someone said, you know, if someone didn't know anything about Jesus or Christianity and they heard this, they would probably head out the other way. They probably would. So in any building project, in any construction zone, we know that there's a number of phases, right? And in my household, for some reason, we enjoy, you know, all those uh, DIY shows, you know, isn't that what you call them? Um, those home improvement shows. Those, you know, where Chip Gaines gets up there and in two minutes knocks out this wall and that wall and that wall and everything, and everything is perfect. I don't really like Chip much. <laughs> Just saying. Given that's not my particular gift in the world. Nonetheless, I have one of his t-shirts, and it says Demo Day, because that's an important part. It's the Demo Day where you knock it all down before you build it back up. Is Jesus actually, in his preaching, doing a little demo? 
Is it demo day? And I would like to say possibly because he does say at the end, you have to be perfect. You not, it doesn't say, I, I listen to commentators on this and they try and weasel around this. You know, he doesn't say, you know, try and be perfect. He says, you must. Is that a hammer? driving us, trying to knock something down. And the other thing that makes me think about that is that you notice right in the middle, he says, make friends with your accuser before you go to court. Well, how do you do that? How do you do that? Is Jesus preaching the law and accusing us? How do we make friends with this? And I want to be very clear, and I know you hear this a lot from, from me in particular, but it's really not me, it's our namesake Luther, that when Jesus preaches the law, he is doing some demolition. He's doing demolition on our assumption and presumption that we are okay and good by the law. And I know some of you might shake your hands like, I don't know who thinks that, but I can tell you what, pretty much the whole world and most of the Christian world. Oh, you know, Jesus said, do this. I've done it, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. I'm, I'm going to serve Jesus, I'm going to do it. And we, it slips right into thinking that that's the way we are righteous. And Jesus seems to me to be demolishing that today. So Paul comes along, and Paul says something different. He's talking to the Corinthians, and he says that we are a temple. And even right before that, if we go to the, the text that I want to show you today, um, right before 1 Corinthians, Paul says that he is God's fellow worker, that is the preacher, the creator, the builder, and we are God's field and God's what? Building. Say it again building according to the grace God given to me like a skilled master builder I laid a foundation and someone else yes is building upon it let each one take care how you build on it for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is what Jesus Christ we have to be careful on how we build on it because we don't want to start um, thinking that the foundation is the law. We want an understanding that the foundation for our lives is Christ crucified. Earlier in the chapter, Paul will talk about, um, I decided to know nothing among you but that Christ crucified and risen in essence for the forgiveness of sins, to make us righteous. That is our foundation. So maybe Jesus' words are first and foremost in the world of the construction zone, trying to tear down that presumption of righteousness so that he, not our righteousness, will be the foundation, but he is our foundation. He is our life. And let me tell you, that will get you through. But yeah, there's still some building to do. And we get now to live out this ethic at, that Jesus talks about, which in essence you could sum it all up as radical forgiveness. Loving your enemies, praying for them, that's the construction zone. So let me give you a different metaphor today. I've been working with the high school kids, and uh, it's been really fun and really great. Um, and Grant um, loves uh, tractors, so I, I want to put up 
This is, this is the before picture. This is what we look like when we think of our old self and how well we've measured up. That's our old self. And, but Grant did some work on this tractor, and you can see the next one, the after pictures. When Grant showed me this, and he has a pet, he loves tractors, and he loves working on it and stuff, and so when he showed me that, I said, aha! That's the gospel. That's what's the, you know, I'm pastor, I'm like, I see everything, you know, law, gospel, everywhere, you know. That's it! That's what in the faith of our baptism God has done. We can't be perfect like our Father in heaven, but when you are clothed with Christ, you are. And so we've got the before and the after. And even the engine, if you go on the next one, even the inside, God makes everything right. And so, yes, we live with that old tractor and we got the new tractor. We've got both of those selves working, but in Christ we are a new creation. We are a building. We are finished, set, perfect, made right. Grant's beautiful restoration is a great picture about what God in Christ has done for us. He's made us a new creation. Not just as individuals. Paul, remember, is not, when he says you are the temple, he's not talking about one person. He's talking about the church. We as a church also have the before and after, and we have the old in us and the new. And sometimes people, when they come and get involved in the congregation, they encounter the old, the rusty, the meth, you know, but we're both. <laughs> and if you're going to be a part of a church, you need to know that it's filled with sinners and old rusty tractors. But we're also new. We got the new Christ in us, and we, you're going to get both. And so you better be wise. Because if you encounter the old and you go, oh, no, I'm out of here. You know what I Maybe, and this is a challenge, maybe our prayer could be that we could be graceful with the church. Because I run into lots of people. Well, you know, that person did that and I don't want to come anymore. That group, they didn't receive me as well as I thought I should. The pastor did this or that. and they, I'm not talking about ethical violation. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about human stuff. Jesus says, it seems like, hey, when it comes to how I want you to look, I want you to be graceful and merciful like your heavenly Father is merciful. Be perfect. That's what it is to be perfect. So we've been made a new creation, and so I pray that you will then now have a chance to live out and keep the construction going. We've got to listen to Martin Luther. He'll bring us home today. Bradley, if you can bring up Luther for me, please. Thank you. So I am called a truly perfect person, one who has and holds the doctrine in this entirety. Now, in my life, if, if my life does not measure up to this in every detail, that's the old tractor, as indeed it cannot since flesh, that's the old tractor, and blood incessantly hold it back, 
That does not detract from the perfection. Only we must keep striving for it and moving and progressing toward it every day. This happens when the Spirit is master over the flesh, holding it in check, subduing and restraining it in order not to give it room to act contrary to this teaching. One more. It happens when I let love move along on the true middle course, treating everyone alike and excluding no one. Then I have true Christian perfection, which is not restricted to special offices or stations. That is, not for the special Christians. But it is common to all Christians and should be. It forms and fashions itself according to the example of the Heavenly Father. He does not split or, I love this language, he does not split or chop up his love and kindness, but by means of the sun and the rain, he lets all people on earth enjoy them alike, none excluded, be he pious or wicked. We strive for it because we already have it. That's the word. That's the good news. So listen. Rejoice today. Yes, a lot of those things Jesus said may have made you feel like that old tractor. Fine. Put your nose to the grindstone. Keep that old tractor in check. But know today you are made whole. You are perfect. You are complete in the faith of your baptism. So take a deep breath and know you have been received. Now receive others the same way. Amen.